The Love Good Podcast is brought to you by our patrons. As they stand on the front lines of discovering the world's best new music, books, and art before anyone else, our patrons raise media to a higher standard and help young people and artists turn that standard into a way of life. Join the movement today that will give you hope for tomorrow. Become a patron now at lovegoodculture.com. Welcome, everybody, to the Love Good Podcast. This is your host, Jimmy Mitchell. You are listening to Episode 10, Season 1. This is going to be an incredible, incredible show this week. We've got Nick Fabian coming on as our artist a little bit later on. He's going to be debuting, premiering a brand new single before it hits iTunes, before it's available anywhere else. You're going to hear it here on the Love Good Podcast. It's called Love is Everlasting, and that's a big part of the conversation we have with Nick later on, really about the great and perennial truths of the human experience and what it really means for him as an artist to still be authentic and to be integrated and to not just be chasing after commercial success, but really being true to who he is uh, as a man and as an artist. So it's really an, an incredible conversation with, with somebody that actually the Love Good movement uh, is no stranger to. We, we released exclusively Nick Fabian's debut EP about two years ago. He's an incredible talent, somebody that I put on, on the same level as Ben Rector, uh, some of my favorite piano pop players, people like Ben Folds, uh, just a really, really talented guy with a heart of gold. And beforehand, as always, we sit down with Jenea Trudell. And this week we're talking about why Bono is right about modern music being girly. You see, Bono was on the front cover of Rolling Stones around the same time of U2's new release, Songs of Experience. And he said something specifically in that interview with Rolling Stones about how uh, modern music has, has not allowed for much anger anymore. Uh, and there's such a political correctness about things and an oversensitivity about things. And basically, Janae and I dig into that and why we think he's probably right and probably onto something. Y'all, thank you so much for tuning in. As always, please, please, please subscribe. Leave us feedback. Leave us a review. You have no idea how much that helps as we continue to get this podcast off the ground. We love you guys. And uh, buckle your seatbelts. It's going to be an incredible show. You're listening to Only Love by Mike Mangione in the Kin off of their brand new album, But I've Seen the Stars, available on iTunes and at lovegoodculture.com. Well, this is your host, Jimmy Mitchell. Welcome back to the Love Good Podcast. This is the part of the show where we sit down as always with Janae Trudell. Hello. It's awesome to be back. Yeah. You know, I really am excited about what we're talking about today, Janae. It is something that... Most people in Nashville, I think, have been saying without saying for a long time whenever they criticize bro country, 
Okay. Right. Whenever they criticize <laughs> where the industry in this town came from and where it seems to be going. But I just thought it would be interesting for a moment to chat about the latest headline from one of my heroes out there, and that's the frontman of U2, Bono. Right. He's on the front yeah. cover of Rolling Stones right now. Uh, their brand new album, Songs of Experience, which hit in late 2017, has put them back into the number one slot. And that means that for every decade since the 80s, U2 has had a number one album. Mm. There's something cross-generational about these guys. There's something deeply honest, as you put it, even mystical about their music. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yet, I think Bono's getting into a lot of trouble right now <laughs> uh, about saying, and I quote, Music has gotten very girly, Bono says. There are some good things about that, but hip-hop is the only place for young male anger at the moment. And that's not good. He goes on to say, When I was 16, I had a lot of anger in me, hmm. and you need to find a place for it and for guitars. End quote. <laughs> now, I can't imagine you could even hear that and not think a little bit of your own brothers who are oh, what, yeah. 15 and 17 ah uh, 15 16 there you go oh yeah uh so <laughs> it's, i guess I'm, I'm sort of curious like is there truth in this you know as i my hunch is that bond was on to something and i think a lot of the world is freaking out you know when they hear something like this right we're so politically sensitive and correct in most of 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 the media and even in our own lives sometimes we're so afraid to just say it like it is so i i find this to be really refreshing hmm. and i haven't been able to study music long enough to know if it's true but my hunch is it is yeah i grew up with um oh man i merle haggard johnny cash you know willie nelson even um buck owens uh they felt like family to me growing up and um there was a uh a grunginess about their music and uh um and about their like they're they're both they're all if you know if you line them up and ask them their life stories like they're not cookie cutter dudes like (laughs) they were rough around the edges and had really hard lives um but the art that they made was so raw and so honest and um, and also beautiful in its in its own way um, without being whatever, you know, girly, if you want to call it. I think I know what he means, like the sticky, like kitsch, basically, like sentimental, empty, um, obviously not like directly associated with like womanhood <laughs> or anything. But um, the sentiment is, yeah, it's, yeah, not not brave enough to tell tell real stories and, and ask Big questions. Let's pause on that point for just a second. Do you, do you think that Bono would have an internal distinction between what we might call the feminine genius and girliness? Oh, I think so, for sure. I mean, I didn't grow up with you two like I did, you know, Johnny and Merle. Um, First name basis, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> bros. But uh, I know enough about, you know, Bono and, and you two that uh, as a woman listening to their music, some of their stuff is just so, uh, oh, just charged with like reverence, even just stuff he would write and you, about his wife, you know, mm. um, just like unashamedly passionate and um, with this like deep, deep set respect and reverence in a way that was like wild in, in a sense um, that I just like haven't heard actually a lot of artists do. Um, it's very, very different from, like, top country, like, radio nowadays. Um, 
kind of the opposite, actually. It's like extracting the depth <laughs> instead of shining a light on it. Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I heard once... <laughs> I, I read like some random status online that said I I won't name names but it was like I would rather <laughs> I'm still not over it I would rather listen to my grandpa eat a nectarine <laughs> for three and a half minutes than listen to like whatever basically any new country song that comes out on radio <laughs> and makes it to the top which is so whatever offensive but I mean uh true yeah it's like not hearkening to anything human anymore it's just um i don't know like playing with play-doh it's just like i don't know it's fun for a while and there's no no strategy or no heart no depth um very rarely i can't um, that's a blanket statement but still um and bono he just has a way of like piercing through that and he's totally honest and of course it does and kind of should get you in trouble. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, in this day and age where if you look at the top who is making decisions, who's um, uh, even in even the music industry, um, the, the biggest voices are, are so often um, a bit bubble wrapped and a bit like safe, you know, um, not 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 quite shaking things up in the way that they could. Um, so it's amazing. Someone like Bono could, you know, the whatever, how many decades in a row um, Ten can can be speaking as loudly and as wildly and honestly as as he ever has, and still have such an influence and have have the trust of 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 people as an artist and as a person. I think first because um, maybe it is because he pairs those two um, and he lives uh, like in some uh, a past podcast talking about a way of life and even further your art having to to be drawn from how you live and who you are as a person so it's pretty amazing but i kind of agree with him i do yeah, yeah. and i am a huge country child <laughs> like <laughs> i grew up on that stuff and i do totally go for the country station the top newest stuff when i'm on a road trip um but i don't stay on it for very long ever yeah i really think you're spot on that actually bono might really mean something more like kitsch when he uses the word girly. Mm -hmm. And nor do I think that by posing anger as sort of the opposite is he saying that's what it means to be a boy mm -hmm. either, right? Mm -hmm. Or to be a man. As you put it, they're hearkening to something human. You know, they're constantly drawing us back to the mysteries, as I would call it. So here's a little quote um, from one of their their tracks off the new album, Songs of Experience. I've been listening to this album fairly nonstop since Christmas, and this is a get out of your own way, a few tracks in. And towards the very end, he says this. It'd be really fun to unpack this for a minute. Blessed are the arrogant. I mean, this is like if Bono was writing the Beatitudes, <laughs> this is what you'd get. Blessed are the arrogant, for theirs is the kingdom of their own company. Blessed are the superstars, for the magnificence in their light we understand better our own insignificance. Blessed are the filthy rich, for you can only truly own what you give away, like your pain. Mm. There's obviously nothing kitsch about that. Mm. And if you would call it angry, it's only because it's honest. Yeah. Which in context of what is being put out does seem angry. Like in, in, in when you look at it with that perspective um, of this, I feel like <laughs> um, it's a total... It's challenging the this the type of stuff that's just like patting everyone on the head. Like, it's okay. Do that. 
Yeah, I have to say that it would be a huge honor to one day interview someone like Bono. And I think he's somebody who is an honest, heartfelt pursuit of truth. And when he sees injustice, when he sees uh, things that aren't as they should be, he shines a light on that, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and I think out of that, he calls forth, uh, even demands the best of people, including mm-hmm. his listeners. I mean, it's funny, you bring up U2 to anybody under the age of 20, and they mostly just complain about, you know, their iPhone three years ago that was built in with their latest album, and it just sort of like made everybody angry. Do you remember that? Did you get <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah, I did. Uh, and I guess it led to all kinds of trouble with iOS and wow. Apple updates and things like that. Um, but I do think deep down, anybody who um, is a fan, anybody who's kind of tracked their their career, they would they would see some giants that aren't perfect, you know, mm-hmm. but but culturally they are on the scale of giants, and uh, and I respect that obviously, and um, would love to one day have a a deeply theological conversation <laughs> uh, with someone like Bono. But uh, in the meantime, I'm just grateful that there's somebody out there with a bit of a prophetic voice, who's unafraid. And, uh, and quite willing to engage with this, this culture that um, I think we can all agree is turning in on itself. Mm-hmm. In some ways, feels like it's dying and yet can absolutely be saved. Mm-hmm. And again, that's why we do what we do here at Love Good. It's why we've got patrons and we've got apprentices and we've got contributing artists and young people across the world who are quite convinced as we are that... Um, we can be a part of that change and we can be a part of that transformation. And as always, Janae, it's just a pleasure to have you on board. Pleasure to be here. Thanks so much. See you next time. Sounds great. I'm so happy when I hear that little tune. My heart starts humming at the side of seeing you. When you laugh, I hear that sound. It's stuck in my head, stuck in my head. You're listening to Stuck in My Head by Nick Fabian, the title track from his debut EP, available exclusively on iTunes, and we're sitting down with the man himself right now. How you doing, Nick? I'm doing great, Jimmy. How you doing, man? Good. You know, it's been really, really fun, even over the last week or two, to reconnect. We had a great time over lunch yeah. last week, just talking tacos. about tacos, man. Yeah. I don't think I ate a taco. I think I had the, we, no. The we taco had taco salad because we're really watching our diets. Well, it's that time of the year. You got to at least pretend to be heroic <laughs> at the beginning of a new year. And uh, we're. I think actually it's your fault right now. But I'm <laughs> drinking like some kind of like vegetable juice every day. Vegetable powder. That's right. You, you want to do a little drink? product promo? What's it called? I don't. I don't know the name of it. Jimmy. Probably better that way. We'll embarrass ourselves. <laughs> okay, yeah. guys. Well, you, let me tell you what. Besides music, what I'm really into right now is is gut health. And <laughs> <laughs> gut health. What does that even mean again? Well, you know, so much of our, um, so much of our. Uh, overall health is really determined by what we eat i mean which is pretty straightforward <laughs> but the actual health in in uh, lining of our intestines determine a lot about um our nutrient absorption and how much of that is in, getting to our brain and how much of that affects your mood and stuff like that so eating really healthy i've noticed in the last year is something that has really uh, been something that i um am working hard to like strive not only it helps my mood but it only 
you know, helps my relationships and uh, and your jawline. Like it's that. more chiseled than ever. Before. It's a little chiseled right yeah. now. I've been working on my fitness <laughs> a little bit, Jimmy. I, I gotta say. Um, well, it is interesting because we're going to talk in a moment about wholeness and integrity, unity of life. You know, I, I think actually a big part of that is the sort of things that we we put in our system. I have definitely noticed that the healthier I eat, the more energy I have, the more even like clarity of thought I have yeah. for you as an artist that would affect your creativity, all those yeah, kind of things. Yeah, no, for real. Even, even talking to you right now, seriously, it's like um, if I um, if I ate like a... I don't know, had McDonald's or something. Well, I'm allergic to gluten, so I'm pretty sensitive to this yeah. kind of stuff. <laughs> I know I'm that guy. But um, so if if I went to McDonald's or something before this, Jimmy, I, I'd probably not be able to be speaking with the same amount of clarity I'm speaking to you right now. When I think the espresso in your left hand right now is helping. And I'm also jittering. And, <laughs> and, 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 and uh, espresso is definitely helping. So yeah. I definitely am a coffee advocate as well. So. Yeah, yeah, no, me too. So this is really good. I mean, Nick, you're not in any way a, um, a stranger to love good. And we've got a lot of folks out there, patrons in particular, who've been jamming out to stuck in my head for a couple of years now, the EP release. What do we, what do we decide? That was winter of 2016, yeah, 2015. Right at the beginning of 2016. Pretty amazing. And Pretty awesome. gosh, we met at a conference years ago in, in Texas and you've been in Nashville for a few years now. Yeah, just about two years. It's so awesome, dude. I mean, I'm so, so glad cool. that you've stuck around. I had this conversation recently with another friend. It's like a lot of artists, they come with these huge dreams. Those dreams are crushed. Within two years, they're gone, you know, but Nashville does seem to have a, a staying power. A lot of folks who maybe don't even end up with careers in music stick around because they just love the music scene. Nick, your career could have endless potential and it could go in any direction but what what's kind of kept you here all this time now well you, uh, something about the Nashville culture you, you kind of said it I mean there's something in the water here that kind of has a lot of just what I'm looking for you know just all around just um, atmosphere the people here are so great and uh, seems to have a culture of ambition which is really something that helps you as a, as a, as a writer and, a, and an artist is being around people who are always trying to get to a, a next you know plane or just somewhere else and it, it's always it's such a moving place versus um, you know the waters aren't are always moving are you co-writing a lot right now how would you say your songwriting has changed even since stuck in my head released absolutely I mean you know I've, I've probably written a couple hundred songs since you know suck in my head came out and my writing is de definitely developed in so many different ways and um you know i've been co-writing i've been writing you know with commercial artists i've been writing with um uh you know singer songwriters in my you know hometown and community and just really getting a, a big uh, rolodex of different um different tactics and stuff like that so it's it's been cool man it's awesome yeah it's awesome one of the things we were talking about just before we stepped into the studio is the great gift that an artist has to captivate people first and then perhaps explain later. Now, there's plenty of artists out there who could captivate but actually have nothing really to explain. You know, like there's just not a, a depth or a layer to what they're doing in their artistry. Nick, that's always been the thing that, that stood out to me about you that like on the side, like I think one of the first things you ever said to me is that you read Augustine for fun. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like yeah. when you were Love five him. years old, like last week, when do you have time to read St. Augustine? <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, I have too much time to read St. Augustine. Maybe yeah. that's the problem. Uh, no, I, I, you know, I, everything, I since since college, you know, and I, I think I've, you know, touched on that with, uh, my song exits, but my college career was a little bit of a, uh, flop. Um, and <laughs> to say the least, um, got very kind of hit the ground in a lot of different ways, depression and all that kind of stuff. But 
I think that's a good way sometimes to be built back up um, mentally, uh, spiritually, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. And um, started reading some really, really great influential people who inspired me. And they just happen to be great thinkers too, like St. Augustine or um, Aquinas or uh, even, you know, Aristotle, Plato, and, uh, you know, even recents like Thomas Merton or like uh, uh, von Balthasar or like uh, <laughs> even, you know, all these people. They're, they're great, dude. I Brilliant mean, artist, but casual it. philosopher on the side. Cas Nick very Fabian, casual. Everybody. This very is casual. so good. In this, in this day of age, we're all philosophers of some sort. So yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's good to... Um, um, it's good to dive back into that and, and a more read the people who came before us as well. That's time. right. I mean, as soon as you're asking the significant questions about life, what it really means to be human, where we came from, where we're going, you've already begun philosophizing, right? And that philosophizing. is a, yeah, it's great a great word. gift actually that we have within a creative community like here in Nashville is people are asking the right questions and they're inspiring people to to ask the right questions. So one of those questions I'd like to ask of you is is what inspires this this idea of integrity or wholeness that in fact for you, Nick, you're not just clamoring your way to the top of an industry, you know, trying to, to have your big break as an artist, but actually you're far more engaged in this really uh, widely inspired, like there's, there's a breadth to your human uh, experience and, and, to, and to your understanding of what it means to be human. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about that. Ash, wow, big question, Jimmy. So definitely true. Um, you know, I, I love I love working and, and uh, you know, sharpening my craft, but, you know, the music industry definitely can be a rat race sometimes. Things I'm worried about um, is if my music is real and if it's um, if it re really reflects me and it's true and it's something that is um, uh, a source of healing and good in this world. You know, I think my inspiration um, really comes from a sense of... of of this knowing that love is really the most important thing. And I know that kind of sounds cliche, but you know, if you have that, I think that's the most basic eternal feeling that we all feel. Um, and to kind of capitalize that and to translate that into art and music and whatever you, I'm doing with my life is, is something, if I can give it more of it away, the happier I, I am. And, uh, I don't know if that's something you can always do with, with, a. um, Every artist strives for, but it's something that, for me, I've learned that makes me the happiest is writing things that can really uh, help empty myself. And yeah, it's amazing. And you talk about love being the only thing, especially the only thing of real eternal significance. And uh, well, that is quite the convenient segue into this new single that you're about to drop on Friday, Love is Everlasting. I mean, I don't know, when was the last time you had a single release? Nick? I haven't released anything in two years. So Stuck in My Head was the last thing that most people have ever heard. And here we are for the first time uh, in two years able to give actually a sneak peek of what the rest of the world's gonna hear on Friday. I mean, you really are quite generous and always allowing Love Good to catch a glimpse before anybody else. So this is the brand new single from Nick Fabian called Love is Everlasting, releasing exclusively on iTunes on Friday of this week. Check it out. I really miss your face. It's all I can think about some days. I can't believe it happened. I wonder if you're safe. so long ago come christmas time we play in snow and everything was mad 
Listening to Love is Everlasting by Nick Fabian. This is a single that's not even going to release on iTunes until Friday of this week. And you have heard it first. Nick, what a privilege. Well, the privilege is all mine, Jimmy, because you guys are probably my favorite. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's, I'll let you guys have this one. Our f- I really appreciate that, actually. Yeah. I won't ask, no, like, favorite awesome. favorite what? Like, favorite bil- fill in the blank. I'm guessing we're just your favorite ever of anything. I think that, I think that word is very just an emotional thing. And it's <laughs> it's just, you're my favorite, man. Jimmy, it's yeah. awesome, man. You're well, great, dude. <laughs> seriously, to, to know that this is the first song you've released in a couple of years we've been able to hear it first tell us what inspired this song and really why did you choose to release it uh, before anything else it's a great question um so i think what inspired the song was actually i wrote this about my grandpa and he was the first person who passed away who is i think the closest to me i wrote it back in 2016 of just, i think december um so basically i i was just kind of going through a lot and just processing a whole lot and i wanted to write down what i was feeling more than even what made sense. So in my examples, you know, I talk about like come Christmas time, we play in snow and they live up in New York and we, and from Texas, I'm from Texas, we don't have snow anywhere. So we would go up there and that was something that always stuck up to me is me and my grandpa used to play in snow and me and my cousins, we would all hang around. And I remember we all had these feelings of growing up and we all keep these in a very, very kind of special place in the back of our minds. And um, to kind of tap back into that was just something it almost was an internal feeling, like it would always be there. So that's that's kind of what the inspiration for the song was about. And kind of a good segue into our the next question would be, um, why did I choose to do this first? Well, I think um, I chose to do this first, not because it was the most catchy or like earwormy or single-driven song, which is usually what, what commercial artists will do. They'll put out the big single first and then the the b track or the album tracks you'll hear later right so this i really wanted to just i just thought it was the most beautiful thing that i've written in a long time and i think it's the most i would you know really 
um, inspire things in a beauty, beautiful way. And I'm, I'm the kind of person with my art, I think it's really good to kind of let people in in a vulnerable way. And that's what beauty does. It kind of lets you in in the most vulnerable way. So I, uh, um, that's why I chose this song first. Are you telling me that you, Nick Fabian, prioritize beauty over commerce? Yeah, absolutely. That is exactly why we love you. That's uh, really cool. And, and obviously that is a bit counter industry, you yeah. know. Well done. I mean, it's so cool to hear more and more artists like yourself who understand the power of beauty and especially the power of leading with beauty and uh, kind of letting the rest sink in with time. We'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, I did not know this was going to be about your grandfather and especially his passing. I mean, a song with the title like Love is Everlasting, surely this is about his like teenage romance. It's like something other than the love that you have felt even fairly intangibly around your grandfather and these memories playing in the snow and being around your cousins. I guess family is probably a big thing for you, huh? Yeah, so exactly, because it almost it almost could go in a romantic direction. It's 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 there's enough not said to where you you the listener could could want it to go that way. But there's enough said to where um, visually we had the music video was was I had this old projector and I had um, these old family videos I haven't seen in years and the video really captures the raw motion of me seeing some of these videos for the first time in forever. And it was just, you know, I was floored by some of them. I was like, wow, that's really how my family was 23 years ago. Mm. You know, and it's like, it's, it's insane to kind of see that again. Um, but yeah, the music video, we, uh, we actually filmed it out in the snow as well. So it's like a rarity for the first time in Nashville to have snow. I mean, there's barely any, any snow here, but we around, around, um, downtown kind of where I live is we got this really great place and kind of just a good <sighs> taking in the scenery which is kind of what the song is about because it's almost like exploring a memory it's kind of mm -hmm. like going back and exploring a memory even in the production the uh the uh piano and even some of the vocals are all what you would call uh high high pass low pass low cut which is basically where you take the high frequencies out of it mm -hmm. so it's almost like it's it's like you're remembering something or it's like recollecting something. And mm. um, I think that's something that I really want people to take away is their, them to remember who they love and, and um, who they want, you know, yeah. to continue to do that. So. And that really is the power and the gift of nostalgia. It, it awakens something in us like a, a reminder that, that's hearkening us towards home, that's reminding us that, okay, all of this is not permanent. And, and to think that you've got some obviously really special memories of that growing up is really cool. And I'm sure for most of us, the, the very thing that we probably need to, to recollect and, and be reminded of more often, that in fact, love is eternal. Love is everlasting. It's the only thing that really matters. And hopefully we've had enough glimpses into that over the course of our brief lives that that we're, we're building our lives around that. And um, it is cool that you're able to really uh, shine a light on that as an artist and as a musician. I, I'm really curious what what fuels your creativity nick i mean you've got every single time you reach out to me you've got like a whole new collection of demos and i just can't even imagine being able to put that much out and that much energy and that much creativity wow. into yeah. to new music all the time how do you do it uh one thing i do it's well to be frank um it's it's just my job you know if i if i don't write good songs then i'm not going to get good gigs or hired or anything and so it's it's kind of a uh, fight or flight response but also um the reason i do the music over being i mean i feel like i 
I actually wanted to be an air, like a rocket scientist when I was a little kid. You wanted to be a rocket scientist. Yeah, uh, or aeronautical engineer. There and then you go. My mom, who is a musician, she was like, oh, Nick, you're not going to do that. You're going to be a musician, which is very counterintuitive for a lot of, you know, normal parents. Yeah. You know, it's like, push your kid into the, into the direction that of, you know, who knows what's going to happen versus like steady paycheck. But, um... The reason, you know, the reason I do do music over anything else is is really the inspiration is that I, kind of what I was touching on before is that I really think that music has such a powerful message, and I think that being able to um, put an authentic foot forward in in a in a sort of almost vapid wasteland of, that's a little bleak, um, put a put an authentic f- foot forward, <laughs> in in almost like a uh, in a very very commercialized. Uh, industry I think is is really my my dream and um, you know my heart is always going to be uh, in that kind of mindset even even if um, what I'm doing is going to be I mean there's definitely throughout this next year there's definitely going to be some tracks that are very um, um, kind of fast firing and and more surface level than this Uh, but uh, at the core of what I am what I'm leading with is is with this and um, that's kind of um, what inspires me to do it every day is that there's something good that can be made out of it. Well, it's time for everyone's favorite segment in the Love Good podcast. As <laughs> always, we're sitting down with the one and only Jessamine Anderson. How are you doing this week, Jimmy? Really, really good. It's been so fun in this segment to talk practically about ways that people can curate the media in their lives, that they can build a better culture. And it sounds like you've been hearing some amazing stories from patrons and listeners near and far about how they're beginning to really do that themselves. Yeah, we got a really neat story from one of our friends up in Canada that she has been doing these listening parties with her friends where she'll pick uh, an artist or an album and they will kind of form um, like a discussion group about it. But it's not just like a normal, like a book club or a movie club. They're literally sitting down with the love good standard in front of them, asking themselves the following questions. Is this music beautiful? Is it truthful? And is it transformative? And um, it's not just like, oh, I like the beat. You know, it's like it's so much deeper than that. And so that's what we wanted to encourage all of you to do this week is if you do have something like a book club or a group of friends that you watch movies with, like how can you take it one step further? How can you use the love good standard? You, I mean, there are print offs all over the place. Go print out one, send a PDF to your friends and sit down and say, how can we choose media? How can we choose music and books and art and movies that are actually going to move us forward in our lives and keep us rooted in the things that are most important, which are beauty and truth and goodness and are these things that you're choosing to read and choosing to fill your mind with, are they actually transforming your heart? If the answer is yes, great. Keep going on that trajectory. If the answer is no, pause, reconsider. How can we maybe redirect what we're reading or what we're watching or what we're listening to into um, something that is actually more positive for us? It's really exciting, Jessamine. And for everybody who is currently a patron, they're going to get a beautiful magnet of the Love Good Standard for the refrigerators so by, by March. <laughs> very, very exciting. Any new patrons are going to get that immediately. And in fact, for those of you who aren't yet even sure what the Love Good Standard is, we're going to include it in this week's email. All right. So if you're not already plugged in, check out lovegoodculture.com. Make sure you download our latest sample and we'll make sure that you get the brand new standard for 2018. 
in the email that goes out this week. You guys are amazing. And Jessman, how inspiring that so many of our listeners are out there really getting after it. And uh, thanks for empowering us to, to do even more of the same. Of course. Have a great week, Jimmy. Well, Nick, it is so cool to kind of see where your life and where your career is going. And obviously, there's a lot of influences along the way, a lot of media in your own life that yeah, is inspiring you, absolutely. that's challenging you. Give us a little a glimpse into that right now. Tell you what, I think I'm watching a little too much Netflix, so I'm going to give you... Uh give you some of my Netflix recommendations. Um, something a little bit lighthearted to help you maybe before you go to sleep or, you know, kind of, you know, start winding down is I love the show um, called Comedians Getting in Cars Getting Coffee. And I think it's Jerry Seinfeld who, who like, uh, who, uh, who describes, who uh, is the host of it. And it's um, basically, it's very, it's exactly, I love it because it's exactly what it, the title is. It's literally just a bunch of um, kind of lighthearted people talking about light things, you know, going and and they actually dive deep into some like really personal matters of their lives which i think is cool and actually talk a little philosophy shop and you know you can tell some see these celebrities or whatever and you can see so much of their lives and their real authentic um lives and see how much of yours is is like theirs and how much of um um of theirs is is way different too so mm. it's i think it's a really cool light but also getting into some deep topics as well um, to kind of explore. Um, also, I've been as far as Netflix. I've been watching the show called Black Mirror, and Black Mirror is basically like the Twilight Zone of the of like 2018, um, and basically it kind of explores the like near future implications of technology and uh, what it has. What what are the usually negative impacts on on our everyday lives, like um, the oversaturation of social media, or even like having having cameras in your eyes and like being able to like play whatever you see back and um, kind of have that like um, replace your natural memory and just kind of some really off off the wall topics that um, can be a little bit uncomfortable at first, but then you kind of like um, it, it makes you really appreciate this, the simplicity of what life should be. I yeah. think a lot more. No, that's really good. I find myself constantly challenging myself and others in the area of technology because we sort of have this cultural assumption right now that just because we can, we should. So we're, we're taking technology and its advancements to their logical conclusion, and we're just assuming that all shall be well. And the reality is, certainly in my own life experience, that uh, building my life around technology does not bring a whole lot of joy and meaning and purpose and fulfillment. Now, it does bring things like efficiency and it does bring certain uh, moments and possibilities that I would have never had access to otherwise. But generally, uh, as as a cultural ideal, I wouldn't put it anywhere near the top, you know? So that's really cool. Uh, a couple of really great Netflix recommendations from Nick Fabian today. You mentioned some incredible authors at the very beginning of our episode. What are some of the books by them that have really transformed you through the years? I'll tell you what, I, I, I'm trying, what I'm trying to do this year is maybe read one, you know, classic a month. And that's that's ambitious for me because I'm, I'm writing and doing a whole lot of stuff right now. It's kind of getting crazy schedule wise, but at least, you know, trying to get through some. And one of those books that I always recommend to people always, always, always is the new seeds, the new seeds of contemplation mm. by Thomas Merton. And it was a very um, formative book for me. Um, I think I read that my freshman or sophomore year of college um, in my philosophy 101 class. And, and, and it's not, I wouldn't even call it a flaw. I wouldn't even call it philosophy. I'd call it abstract, abstract art and it's basically this guy thomas merton who's a who's a, a trappist or he's a trappist monk and he uh basically 
is almost like stream of consciousness just writing down what it means to uh be um to contemplate which is such a it seems such a heady thing but i promise it's not you read it and it's and it's almost like you understand it without without actually processing it it's mm. it's, it's a very very cool thing and it definitely helped me um understand uh, the importance of reflection and recreation and as an artist you kind of need that to write and, and do stuff like that so definitely recommend that book it's really cool thomas merton i have not read enough by him and uh, that's probably a great one to start with well nick right. it's always a pleasure we really need to let people know how they can support you in this mm. single release how they can check out the music video how they can be following you on social media so what are the best ways to stay Absolutely. in touch you can follow me on almost any social media at nick fabian music that's nick fabian music and um i, I think i post the most on instagram but um, I'm going to be posting quite a lot of video content on Facebook and also updating my YouTube content with, you know, regularly weekly uploads this year. So um, uh, I'd say YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook are the best ways to get in touch with me. It's awesome. And everybody listening, make sure you go and support the new single releasing on iTunes on Friday. Love is Everlasting. You've heard it before anybody else. Nick, it's been an absolute joy. We'll have to do this again sometime. Always awesome, man. Listening to Exits off of the debut EP from Nick Fabian called Stuck in My Head, available exclusively on iTunes and at lovegoodculture.com. What an incredible joy to have had Nick in the studio today and, and really to have been able to listen to music that nobody else has heard yet. I mean, this is so much a part of the Love Good experience is being able to get our hands and our hearts around things that the rest of the world is just going to have to wait to hear, right? So this single love is everlasting it releases on itunes friday of this week the music video is going to be on youtube and we want you to get out there and support nick and uh, really thanks for listening what an incredible man what a great joy it is to be able to support him in his career in his artistry and his own growth as a singer songwriter by the way we're still collecting audio recordings and voice memos of all of your questions all of your ideas even your concerns about media and culture that will be featured during this segment of the show every week so keep sending us those mp3 files to content at lovegoodculture.com we're so eager to hear from you so eager to feature you and to really especially answer your questions and we want to know what you're listening to we want to know what you're watching what books you're reading how you are out there trying to transform culture there's no doubt I think in all of our minds that culture is not as it should be and that we can do our part by investing in young people, investing in artists, and really raising up a generation that can give this world 
hope. So know that we're so eager to hear from you again, content at lovegoodculture.com. We've got a lot of incredible events coming up, a lot of really neat opportunities for you to get even more involved. So please check out lovegoodculture.com. Know that we're praying for you guys always. Next week, we've got a very special guest. His name is Tom Young, and a brilliant singer-songwriter, somebody who's very much influenced and also mentored by the likes of Matt Wirtz and Dave Barnes and the, the producer of Drew Holcomb. I mean, this guy is just a real talent and also a lot like Nick Fabian, just has a heart of gold. So we're so excited to sit down with Tom Young next week and also really beforehand with Janae Trudell, we'll be talking about why boredom is important and actually how boredom can be a gateway into creativity, a gateway into wonder. So as always, subscribe, leave us any sort of review that you can and definitely continue to follow us out there on social media. It means a heck of a lot and it really helps our movement grow. We love you guys and we will see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Love Good Podcast. Tell your friends all about us. Stay in touch on social media and be sure to stop by iTunes or Stitcher to give us a review. Massive thanks to all of our patrons who make this podcast possible. As they stand on the front lines of discovering the world's best new music, books, and art before anyone else, our patrons raise media to a higher standard and help young people and artists turn that standard into a way of life. Join the movement today that will give you hope for tomorrow. Become a patron now at lovegoodculture.com.